shall give us flesh to eat. Now, here's the problem. Who brought them out of Egypt? Who brought them out with ten plagues that destroyed every deity and every god the Egyptians had? And they're sitting around crying over who's going to help them and give them some steak. If there was any Spanish folks in the crowd, they would say pollo. Who's going to give us some pollo to eat? Pollo loco. You know what that is? Crazy chicken. Amen. Now, told you I spoke Spanish. We remember the fish which we did eat in Egypt freely. Uh-huh. The cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, the garlic. Next one. And the manna was a coriander seed, and the color thereof was as of a bedlam. But now our soul is dried away. There is nothing at all beside this manna before our eyes. What in the world? The manna was a blessing from God. And I started out, listen, I have 17 things to talk about here. 17. And I got through three last week. The first thing was, the further that we get from our bondage, the less grateful we become. The further we get from our bondage, the less grateful we become. When I got the Holy Ghost, I did not care uh, who was looking, who was watching, or anything like that. I didn't care that I, I got the Holy Ghost at a, at a youth camp just outside of Baltimore, Maryland. It was 102,000 degrees. And nowhere, we were outside. We were in this big steel pavilion, and it had, this was back in 1981, so you know the technology was really good then, right? And they had sprayed this insulation on the underside of the pavilion, and so when it got too hot, the adhesive let loose of the uh, insulation. So while you're preaching, you're seeing it snow insulation down. Now today we'd have gas masks on and we'd have to call OSHA and, you know, oh my. And it was so hot, it was so hot, I remember, that I went to church and literally I felt sweat running down my spine, just standing there. But I didn't care because guess what? That's where I found Jesus. Or Jesus found me. That's where God got a hold of me was at that youth camp. Now, all those years have passed and is it, now is, is the service too long? Is it too loud? We were going to have a new song today. They were going to do a new song on you today. And Mitchell says, did you like the new song? Most of the time I don't. I have trouble with these new songs. You know, I do. I have trouble, right? Some of them I like. There's some of them I don't like. But, hey, what I like, I mean, not everybody likes what I like. It, all, it takes it all, right? So why do I need to complain? I'm free. You didn't catch that, did you? Why do we need to complain? We're free. The children of Israel said, We've, we had the fish, we had the cucumbers, we had the melons, we had the garlics, we had the leek. We had all of this business. And we ate it freely. But we weren't free because they didn't remember the shackles and the chains wrapped around their ankles and their legs and their feet. They didn't remember that even though they were eating all that freely, that there was still a price to be paid because if you made a 100 bricks a day with straw... We're going to cut your straw down to half and we still want you to make a hundred bricks a day because you are our slave. You are our uh, servant. And so the enemy wants us to always get sidetracked about what's going on. The service is too long. The service is too short. The air conditioning is too cold. The air conditioning is not cold enough. Kim says it's freezing. She, as she wraps a blanket up around her head and her ears, it's freezing. The preacher preaches too short. Let's try this again. The pastor preaches too short.
I'm not going to the other side. And then the pastor does the other opposite. We're not going to talk about it. Preach is too short. Preach is too long. The music's too loud. The music's too soft. There's holes in the parking lot. Oh, my God. When are they going to get rid of the weeds in the landscaping? Maybe if they're bothering you, maybe the Lord's calling you to do the weeding ministry. Are you seeing what I'm saying? What I'm saying is, all that bothers us now, but it didn't bother us before because the further we get away from our deliverance and and the freedom, then the more everything gets all construed. And the devil wants you to focus on the bad and what's not happening. And the devil wants you to focus on what's going wrong rather than what's going right. I've been in ministry for, I don't know, a long time, okay? 30-some years. And I was in this church out on the East Coast, and there was we had about five or 600 people, and, and they had a Sunday night church service. Amen. Hallelujah. Some people barely make it to Sunday morning. Can you imagine coming Sunday morning and Sunday night and Thursday night? Can you imagine having choir practice, right? How about choir practice started at 3 o'clock on Saturday afternoon, and it got over at 7 o'clock Saturday night? Four-hour choir practice. Whoa. And you know what? There was about 50 or 60 in that choir. The pastors say, Laird, you're killing them. You're killing them. But when it came time for choir contest and winning recording contracts, that choir did it. You know why? Because it didn't matter. When the dream is big enough, the facts don't matter. Now, that's good. That's something you ought to write down. You might want to turn the air up a little bit, Jonathan, and thaw them out a little bit. It's going to take a long time to cook them because we don't have an instant pot right here, right now. Okay. But what I'm telling you is this. How about if, so in in this Sunday night service, we always had prayer 30 minutes ahead of church. So if church started at 6, 5.30, you're supposed to be in the prayer room praying. And so... Well, we're in the prayer room praying, and there's probably 70, 70 or 75 people in the prayer room praying. Out of that 75, two men are in the corner over there talking. So the pastor's in there. Now, the, the pastor was a high-strung, dynamic leader, okay? I mean, he preached all over the world. I, I have sent shofars to all over the world for him. When I was on staff there, he'd call and he'd say, okay, this is my last call from Trinidad because I'm going into Guyana, South America, and I cannot call out. Those were old happy days. The pastor cannot call us for four days. Hallelujah. We sat on the computer and played Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune. and Amen. We just had a good old time. So this pastor is in, in this prayer room, in this big room, and it, what does he see? Does he see the 73 people praying? No, he has TV, tunnel vision. All he can see out of 75 people is those two guys in the corner talking. And see, that's what the, and, and then he felt defeated because they're in the prayer room, but they're not all praying. I mean, why can't we just get in the prayer room and pray? Why can't we just, you know what? The devil wants us to focus on those things that aren't right. And wants us to, he wants to magnify those things. Oh, I'm, that's just why the devil's fought this service today. I'm telling you, the devil doesn't want you to hear what I'm going to say. But I'm telling you this, if you focus on everything that's wrong, you will find something everywhere that is wrong. At Walmart now, they are now checking our receipts. Do you know that every hour the Walton family makes over $600,000 an hour clear? So why do they need to check and see if I bought that case of ice mountain water? They could donate that to the ministry. I'm not doing it, Danny. I'm just, I'm just saying. You know. I drink water out of my spigot at home most of the time. Amen. And so, something's wrong at Walmart. They put gates up now. That if you are going to shoplift, you've got to be a hurdler. <laughs> you better be in shape. If you're going to get something at Walmart and you're running out that door, those gates are closing. Or you know what I'm saying. Oh, this is bad. This is not happening. And now they get, they're making us do this at work. 
And now this, this is happening. They're making us write this report and this and this. Are you seeing? The devil will make you focus on the negative. The devil will make you focus on what is wrong rather than what is right. How about look at the, put down the score sheet and say, guess what? There are a lot more positives than there are negatives. I don't know why the pastor wears a long sleeve shirt and a jacket and he freezes us out because he's so hot. You know what? I don't know either. That's just the way I dress. But guess what? Bring an extra blanket. Sister, sister uh, Chrissy, she brings an extra blanket. Kim's got an extra. You just get an extra. Geneva's got an extra blanket. Amen. If it's real cold, get you a long drop cord, an extension cord, and get you a $250,000 salamander heater and plug it in. <laughs> But the devil wants you to think, oh, it's so bad, and it's going to be good on the other side. Guess what? If you're frustrated here, you're going to go over there and find something to be frustrated about over there. Amen. Because the devil doesn't want you in church at all. He doesn't want you in the kingdom at all. The devil wants you back beside him laying in the ditch, eating cucumbers with chains wrapped around your arms and your hands saying, oh, this tastes so good. But inside you're trapped. Inside you're still a slave. I'm talking to somebody today. The devil's lying to you. Oh, he's lying to you. Well, I'm trying, Ginger. God wants to change us. God doesn't want us to be the old creepy guy we used to be. You know, one thing that was so entertaining about the 2016 presidential election is all of the nicknames that all of the candidates got from President Trump. You had little Marco. Lion Ted, right? Here's the classic, though. Crooked Hillary. And every time, then he would say, she is just a disaster. I would fall out. I'd say, send my brother-in-law, listen to this. And I'd play that back, and he'd say, she is just a disaster. Guess what? God doesn't want you to be crooked. God doesn't want you to be lying Ted. God, God doesn't want you to be little Marco. You see what I'm saying? God wants you to change. God wants you to come in and change. He wants your lifestyle to change. He wants your goals to change. He wants your, your outlook and your hunger and your appetite to change for the things of God rather than the things of the world. Hallelujah. We have forgotten about being free. We have forgotten about being cleaned up. We have forgotten about the, all the goodness of God and all that he's given me. Amen. Brandon was praying this morning and he said, Lord, thank you that I was able to brush my own teeth and feed myself. You know what? My mind raced back to my mom in that nursing home a few years ago when she couldn't brush her own teeth anymore and she couldn't feed herself anymore. You know what? We have so much to be thankful for. We have so much to be grateful for. And yet the devil wants you to think it's all bad and everything thing is all bad in your life i'm telling you the devil is a liar even though my mom and dad were abusive and wanted to give me something else more to cry about <laughs> i'm gonna tell you if kids had to grow up with parents like that today oh boy you'd have dcfs in your speed dial Whew. we better get off that those people were good to me. Those people said, you know, you, you got to get up and go to work. Those people said, you got to listen. Those people said, you got to obey the laws of the land. And then when I left home and you was living with them and your granddaddy did not go to church. And when you wanted to lay out of church, what'd he say? Get up and go to church. And you'd say. But why? And he'd say. It's the right place to be. Yeah. You ought to be there. It's the right place to be. You ought to be there. He was one of those, don't do as I do, do as I say. Right? You know those people. Some of you were some of them. The, oh, you don't want me to say what I just thought, do you? Well, the Lord, some of you still are. Well, it's a good thing we took up the offering. 
We're going to be cutting off. And that pastor got up there and said, I'm, a, I'm a one of those people that say, don't do as I do, do as I say. No, I'm telling you, my, my uncle and dad smoke cigarettes. Amen. Me and my cousin Thaw, if they smoke cigarettes, we can too. Amen. You tried it. What happened to you? There's the original children of the corn right there. Smoking cigarettes and hiding in the cornfield till you're not sick anymore. Oh, my Lord. You steal those cigarettes, and we went out and tried to light them. We had wet matches, and, you know, just it was just providential, right? The devil allowed that last match to light. Then you're in a dilemma. You got two eight-year-old boys in a dilemma. Here's the dilemma. You got a whole pack of cigarettes, and you've used your last match. What are we going to do? We can't just smoke one. We lit one off the other and we smoked a whole pack of them. Amen. We're coughing and gagging and snorting trying to figure out why would anybody do this. Long story short, they found out we took the cigarettes. You know what I got? I got whipped. I got beat. That's why you hit in the cornfield. I should have went to the cornfield. What are you trying to say? I'm trying to say these people did not set the example but expected you to do something else. We have to be the same way. We're going to have to realize if I'm going to be a Christian, I have to live like a Christian. If I'm going to be a man of God, I have to be a man of God at church and I have to be a man of God in my house. Amen. If I'm a Christian at work, I'm a Christian with my family. Amen. Oh, Lord, have mercy. I don't need to be putting my wife down. I don't need to be talking abusive to her and my kids. I made them. I, they're part of me. Why would I want to be mean to them? I'm telling you, the devil wants to twist up your life and make you think you had it so good on the other side and you got it so bad now. But I'm here to tell you that Jesus said the devil is a liar and the father of all lies. Amen. I'm here to tell you, get that in your mind. The devil's lying. Every time he opens his mouth, he's lying to you. Every time his lips are moving, he's lying to you. God, I said, God wants to create a new norm in you. God wants you to be different. We've been talking about being, you being different. You thought she was going to have such a good time coming here. We've had two major surgeries. Put you out in a coma for three and a half weeks. Amen. There's more to come. Hallelujah. But God's trying to do a work in each of us. And the devil knows that. And God's trying to create and make you a superhero in Jesus. You can be a super Christian. You can be a super follower of Christ. You can be a successful man and woman of God. You can do this thing. You can win. You can make it. You can be all that you want to be in the kingdom. You don't have to wait until all the pieces fall in place. You just got to trust God. Some, at some point, you're going to have to trust Him with everything else. You're trusting Him with your salvation. You're going to have to trust Him with your life. You're going to have to trust Him with your money. You're going to have to trust Him with your health. You're going to have to trust Him with your relationships. Are you seeing what I'm saying? Hallelujah. I'm saying that if you put God first, just like last week and just like this week, Matthew 6.33 keeps coming up. If you seek the kingdom first, God will take care of everything else in your life. Amen. God will take care of everything. You know where I came from. We came from a dairy farm in western Maryland. We just came from simple beginnings. And you know what? I didn't realize why we ate pasta all the time. Macaroni, macaroni, macaroni. Amen. We drank milk, milk, milk. We didn't, it wasn't pasteurized. It was raw. So they say, ew. Well, that's what comes out. On a cow, there's, they have these things that come out of the udder. And, and a, there's a brown one, and it says chocolate. There's a pink one that says strawberry. <laughs> there's a white one that says vanilla. 
And the last one says for kitty cats only. We grew up on raw milk. You know, we ate, we ate steak. My Lord, Sister Pat, we had roast. We had steak. We, you know what? We, we had it all. When those old Holstein babies went dry, you got a 2,000-pound trophy out there that's getting ready to get in the freezer. They'd butcher that thing, and then I can remember them in the basement wrapping that meat up, and your dad was a meat cutter, and he'd cut it all up, and then they were ground up that hamburger. Now watch. You want to talk about Okay, you, how many of you got a strong constitution? You ready? You ready for lunch? Okay, so here's my dad. He'd reach in there when the hamburger was getting ground up, and he'd grab him a ball, and he'd make that old ball, and he'd say, where's the salt and the pepper? And he got the salt and the pepper, and about that time, that big old raw ball of hamburger disappeared down his throat. He didn't die from salmonella, E. coli, but probably from smoking. Amen. Think about it. What are you saying? I'm saying that we came from just basic life. We came from nothing fancy. We came from nothing that, you know, it's not real shiny and it wasn't real polished. I was thinking about my mom today in that sermon that I've been preaching. Just get up and go to work, come home, go to bed and stay faithful in between. When she took us to church, it was nothing glamorous. It was nothing fancy. We got in the old Chevy Celebrity. Amen. And went to church. We got we had a we got so fancy before the celebrity. We had a Chevy. What was it called? The little the even smaller than a celebrity. Chevette. No, Chevette. The Chevette. The Chevette is what I had to drive my dad home from when we went to buy the horse, and he got in the schnapps, and I was fourteen. And I walked in the door, and Mom said, "Where's your daddy?" I said, "He's passed out in the car." How'd you get home? I said, I drove. She said, you did not. I said, well, go look. I didn't move into that. He's passed out in the passenger seat of the car. Where were you? We were Joe Brownings. What was you doing to Joe Brownings? Well, dad thought he was going to buy a horse. What? She knew he was drunk then because he didn't want a horse on the farm. All they are is hay burners. You can't milk them. You can't eat them. What do you want one for? See what I had to deal with? I'm crying. They're going to give me more to cry about. Then they won't let me have a horse because a horse, you can't milk them. You can't eat them. What do you need one for? I'm watching people in my life that are supposed to be responsible eat raw meat with salt and pepper on it. Are you thinking, I'm probably messed up. What I'm saying is this, God can take you from nowhere and put you somewhere. Because you know what, I feel like I'm somewhere when somebody with you people here. I'm so happy that the Lord has used me to kind of get a word to you to encourage you to be a man and woman of God. I'm so excited that God can take anybody from anywhere and make them someplace and somebody somewhere. And the devil is a liar. He says, you won't, you can, you cannot. I'm here to tell you, you shall, you can, and you must. You must keep on fighting. You must keep on showing up. You must keep on striving for perfection. Oh, yeah, clap. Give the Lord a hand, praise. That's good. Did you ever eat raw hamburger? Boy, you said that awful fast. Well, I hate to tell you this, but it's pretty good. Never mind. You didn't hear that either, did you? Yeah, give me my notes. All right. God wants to put a normal in you. He wants to make you, he wants to make you shine in the kingdom. God wants to make you shine in the kingdom. God wants to do something in your life that he, it will have a lasting effect. You hear that one? That was point five. God wants to do something in your life to give you a lasting effect. I got the Holy Ghost on June 16, 1981. Since that day, I've had my foot on the pedal as hard and as fast as I could. I've never detoured, I've never went to the left, I've never went to the right. I've hit a few places where the 
This quicksand tried to pull me off the road. Or a snow drift. You know how snow pulls you off the road? People don't believe that until you do it. You're just going to, there you go. How in the world? And so here, way to go, Josh. Amen. Please turn your volume down on all mobile and cellular devices. Ah, and so God wants to make you extraordinary. God doesn't want you to walk around defeated. God doesn't want you to walk around feeling like you're inadequate. Can I say that again? God does not want you to go around feeling inadequate. God wants you to be the best that you can be. God wants you to be the best in him. God has plans and purpose for your life. Jeremiah 29, 11, all of you have it. You've got it on your wall. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Right? Don't raise your hand if you've got it, but you know it's there. Then why don't we believe it? I speak too fast, don't I? You've got it on your wall. Why don't you believe it? I wish I could speak Spanish. I say it in Spanish and French, Portuguese. You read the Bible and you say that's good for them. The Bible's for you too. Ginger and I were talking yesterday. It's easy for her to believe that God wants to do great things with me than it is for her to believe that God wants to do great things for her and with her. Same thing. It's easy for me to believe God wants to bless Ginger but it's hard for me to believe God wants to bless me. God wants to bless each and every one of you. God wants to create in you his kingdom. And God wants to put you into a place in his kingdom where you are so effective. Don't raise your hands, but how many of you have said, God, I just want to do all that I can for you. God, I just want to do your will. I just want to be everything that you have planned for me to be. All of us have prayed that prayer. But then the devil throws in a detour. The devil throws in a sideshow. He throws in all of this stuff to try to slow us down and try to distract us. But let me tell you something. If you just keep your eye on the prize. Paul said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling which is in Christ Jesus. That word press means I will mortify, I will kill anything that gets in my way between me and the prize. And so the devil is telling you today, oh, come on, Brother Johnny Worley. It's okay if you do this, but it's going to sidetrack you for a while. Listen, they all say all the, they all say the same thing, Brother Jeff. They all say the same thing. Okay, pastor, now you know, pastor, we love to give. When they say that, it's like, oh boy, okay, here, where are we going now? I better go get me a ham and cheese sandwich. We like to give, pastor, and i tell you what we're going to do. We are going to start a mowing business. And then we'll be able to tithe even more and give to the kingdom. Now, let me, can I help you here? All right. I do not get all the money that you give. If I did, either A, I am the greatest showman in the world for driving around all of the old cars that I drive around. Half of the cars in my driveway qualify for antique plates and that one's just plain dead right now just plain dead deader than deader than it anyhow i don't get all the money somebody thinks oh we're not going to give to the church pastor gets all the money no that's that's the cardinals oh you didn't hear that did you oh that's the blues Finally got your cup, didn't you guys? Ah, it felt good, didn't it? Wait till you win five. Amen. Anyhow, sorry about that. Listen, so what we're going to do, Pastor, we're going to start this extra business, and we're going to give more to the church. But here's what the devil does. I don't know if the devil controls the weather or not. I don't, I'm not really into who's controlling who. All I know is when it rains a lot, 
grass really grows. And for the life of me, listen, I grew up on a farm. I know when you put fertilizer on something, the last place on a farm that we ever put fertilizer was on our yard. Number one, our yard did not make us any money. So then we have people fertilizing their yards, and then it rains. And the rain, and it rains, and it rains. And that the business, the business people who are so faithful on Sundays and Wednesdays and helping out with puppet ministry and doing all kinds of stuff couldn't come on Wednesday nights anymore because they had to keep up with all their lawns. And then it got so bad, it kept raining, that then there were some Sunday mornings. I had to leave early, got to come in late. Oh, eventually you can't be there at all because you got to keep up. Oh, oh. And so what happens is the intentions are good. I want to say this as pastor, please remember this. Your intentions may be good, but the devil has intentions for your intentions. And so they were going to, they were going to tithe and it was all going to be good and everything else. And before too long, then they were missing church on Wednesday night. Then they were missing Sunday mornings. Then they were missing ministry and doing all this other stuff that they were doing in the church until finally something happened that offended and hurt them. And they've never been back again. And I hit this last week because we're dealing with a spirit being that is in the spirit class, the angelic class. We're in the human class and we are no match for the enemy. And the devil has all the time in the world to set up his scheme to trick us. Each and every one of us could be tricked. I could be tricked. Danny could be tricked, even with his toys. He could be tricked. Where's your toys at, Danny? Are you seeing what I'm saying? We can all be tricked. And what happens is, here's what happens. So where the intention is good, we're going to do this, we're going to give extra to the church, it's going to be good. Then they start missing Wednesday nights. Now Wednesday nights, Wednesday nights are not like Sundays. They're not real high-powered all the time, but they're beautiful. Wednesday nights are like an oasis around here. You just come in and suck it up. Remember? Chocolate, strawberry, vanilla, kitties only, right? You had to get it off the kitty only. But they started losing Wednesday night, that touch. So now they're going from Sunday to Sunday with no church. Well, church doesn't save you, Pastor. Well, I don't know, but I'm telling you, it's a filling station. It's a place where you get gassed up and it helps you through the week. And so then they started missing some Sundays. Until then, you're in a weakened condition where the devil can just walk over and go. And they fall over and fall out and they're gone. The Lord wants to start something in you that will take you to eternity. The Lord wants to create something in you that he wants to make you into a man and woman of God that will take you into eternity. You know what was so awesome? This is what was so awesome. I, you know what was up there today? You know what was up here worshiping today? A whole row of girls. Went like this. Looked like a skyline. We could call you girls skyline worshipers. You had Kim and you had Sadie. That's the Twin Towers right there. Right? Lily, you okay, babe? You been in the cocktails today? Not today. Okay. She said, oh, I was drinking this cocktail juice. I said, what? At Youth Congress? You can't be doing that at Youth Congress? These girls are up here worshiping. That's awesome. I'm looking forward to the time the whole youth group. Oh, how about this? The whole youth group has their own youth section. Brother Brandon remembers that. 
Oh, man, when I was youth pastor, we had our own youth section. I think we had six or seven pews full of teenagers. Now, I'm not going to bona fide guarantee or whatever happened in that section all the time. I'm telling you, sometimes it was a memory. All right. But I do know this. Either I knew where they were at. They weren't spread all either over. They were either in the youth section or with their parents. So we knew where they was at. But you know what? There was also a time when that youth section would, would be empty because most of them would be up front worshiping. Most of them be up front praising, getting a hold of God. And so what's God trying to do? God in these young people is putting that eternal thing in there. Listen, God doesn't play games. God doesn't mess around. God is for real. Listen, you better make sure that you get your business straight with God. God is for real. He doesn't play games. He is going to one day, this, all this grace and mercy is going to go out the window and it's going to be judgment time. And then the whole world is going to be screaming, I can't believe this is happening and all this is going on. And let me tell you something. You better be careful who you hang out with from the youngest of us to the oldest of us you better be careful who you hang out with birds of a feather flock together iron sharpeneth iron so does a man's countenance sharpeneth the countenance of his friend Who you hang out with is who you become. I told you it's heavy, but God's wanting to do something in you that's going to be eternal. God's wanting to do something. You know what? We got married 32 years ago, and I'm closing. I'm closing. I'm closing. Closing. We got married 32 years ago. Beautiful. Beautiful. Come come on. I know you. You don't want to walk? Let's do it anyway. I know I could get you smiling. Falling in love with Amy. Falling in love. Just finish. Just finish. You know what? 32 years ago, when we got married, I tease her because we had a song fest at our wedding. When I say we had a song fest, we had like seven songs. Seven songs. And I remember one song, we will carry the torch, we will lift high the flame, we will march through the darkness by the light of his name. You know what we had on, in our minds? We got married, we're coming together as a team and we're going to attempt to do something for the Lord. You know what? If you're married... That could be your goal. Austin and Addie, amen. We had a little scrimmage this morning, but they're going to get some counseling for it, amen. We're not going into a lot of detail, but, you know. Guess what? When you get married, you become a team. If you're married and you hate your spouse, well, what, did, what was wrong with you? And this is, this is what I really like, ladies. I like it when they say, Oh, I don't know why you married me. I am just so ugly. And I say, what? Are you kidding me? Why did you marry me? I said, first of all, you are insulting. Have I said this? You are insulting my taste of women. Because I don't marry ugly women. Ugly woman, just one. (laughs) But see, the devil, uh, let's all stand. The devil, ladies, the devil, listen to me, ladies. Listen to me, ladies. Listen to me, ladies. The devil wants to hit your self-esteem. Get, 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 in, get a hold of that corner that you're working with there, Jeff. Get him under control. Randall, I don't know what he's doing. He could help you, but I don't know what he's doing back there. Ladies, the devil wants to eat up your self-esteem and make you have low self-esteem, and you look at your husband and say, I'm just so ugly. Oh, I'm just trash. Oh, I'm just, you know, shut up. 
Was that bad? Did I say it wrong? No. Because then the devil wants you to feel bad because then you put pressure on the man and say, why did you even marry me? I don't mind. Why, why, why did you even marry? And the man's trying to love you. He's trying to love you. He's trying to be your, your help me. He's trying to help you accomplish in you what God has called you to be. And she's trying to help in the man to accomplish what God has called him to be. But the devil always wants to get you fighting with each other. Stop fighting with each other. Now, I have not bugged your car nor your house. Again, I haven't. I haven't had time this week to do anything. Okay? My phone went black on me, and that was bad enough. Somebody said, I'll text. Yes, I can't read it. How, am I, how are they going to text me? I can't read nothing. Where'd you going? But the devil wants to get your marriage in a knot. He wants to get your relationship with the Lord sidetracked. He wants to get you looking at how good it was back in Egypt and you've forgotten where you've come from and where you've come out of. And the devil wants to do all of that and he wants to get you off balance. And he gets you off balance. And remember, he has a lot of time. He has a, all eternity to trick you. He has all eternity to mess you up. And the moment that he gets you messed up, then he brings on that last deal. And you just fall over. You fall over like a pig getting rubbed in the sun. You ever seen that happen? You rub a pig on his side, you know how it is. If you've never seen the, a pig in the sun, believe me, I've got pictures of them. They're just lying there in the sun, and the devil wants to knock you over, and then he's going to start saying, you see, nobody loves you anyway. Nobody loves you anyway. Amen. The devil's a liar. The devil's a liar. The devil's a liar. You can do this. You can win. God wants to set something up in you. I made this statement in Hawaii when I was preaching, and I'm going to make it here. The devil does not send a wrecking ball to a chicken coop. If the devil is hitting you with attack after attack after attack, there's something bigger than you're, that you're building than a, just a chicken coop. My mom had cancer. My mom had heart valves replaced. My mom was on Coumadin for 30 years of her life, 20 or 30 years of her life. My mom, they, then, then another whiz doctor gave her uh, Lovenox on top of Coumadin, and she ended up bleeding two liters of blood into her abdomen cavity and ended up in the hospital. I don't know how many times I've walked in to the, see my mom and the first thing I go to is a hospital. And the first thing she says is, what are you doing here? I came to see my mom in the hospital. She lived with an alcoholic husband. She wore fat lips and black eyes to work. Nothing sexy about it. But she never gave up on God. And here we are. Why? Why was she going through all that? Because she was building in her descendants, in her children, and her grandchildren, and her great grandchildren ministry. Ministry that was going to see in one service 100,000 people get the Holy Ghost in one service. In one church service, 100,000 people. You've seen it. I showed you the video of it. Hundreds of thousands of people in Ethiopia getting the Holy Ghost. Amen. So the devil's fighting you. So if the devil's fighting you today, you're doing something right. If the devil's really, really after you, he's trying to stop something great that God's trying to do. Are you hearing me? If the devil's fighting you hard, he is trying to stop something in you that God is trying to put together. I face this opposition. This is my experiment right here. This girl gets frustrated. Why am I still on 17 pills a day? How many? A day? 29 pills a day. Why am I still on 29 pills a day? You come on. Will you come walk with me now? Yeah. Yeah. 
she doesn't like it when I do this. Why am I still on 29 pills a day? I had heart surgery. I should be healing up. Why am I exhausted? Why am I fatigued? Why, why, why? And I say, first of all, the Lord brought you out here for healing. That's what the prophet said. And you know, when you preach, you say a miracle is instantaneous. But a healing is? Over time. Over time, a process. So in my love for Ginger, I say, enjoy the process. Because Ginger, used to be you walked around with 86% oxygen in your veins. Now you're 96 to 100 all the time. Huh? With 70% of lung function. And it's up over 90 now. We went from, see, she didn't tell me that before. From 70% lung function to over 90% now. She couldn't, used to take an aspirin, a baby aspirin, because it would send her into an asthma attack, which they say now she never had, an, had, had asthma. So she's been taking Xeralto to thin her blood. And the doctor said, can you take an aspirin? And she said, no, I'm allergic to aspirin. He said, okay. So what does Ginger decide to do? Dr. Ginger here. Dr. Ginger. You've heard of Dr. Zhivago? This is Dr. Ginger. What is Dr. Ginger's? She said, is everybody going to be home tonight? Uh, yeah. Why? Because I'm going to take an aspirin. I just want to make sure that if I have an allergic reaction, somebody can take me to the hospital. I said, oh, my God. I said, no, I'm going out of town. I just got a phone call. I got to go to a hospital. She takes the aspirin. Doesn't do anything. Hey, next day or two, she takes another aspirin. She went to the doctor, Dr. Catholi, this week, the heart, the cardiologist here in Vandalia. She said, I think I don't need this Zeralto anymore. I can take an aspirin now. Guess what? She couldn't take an aspirin before. So now she's going from $50 a month down to $6 a year. Whoa! What is the Lord doing? I'm telling you, you're going to have to go get in your big boy boots and your big girl boots and you're going to have to fight. You're just going to have to fight. You're just going to have to not stop. You're not going to have to be able to slow down. You're not going to be able to do anything but just show up and say, Here I am. Here I am. God is working something in me. The devil's a liar. The devil's a liar. The devil's a liar. You can do this. You can win. God wants to set something up in you. I made this statement in Hawaii when I was preaching, and I'm going to make it here. The devil does not send a wrecking ball to a chicken coop. If the devil is hitting you with attack after attack after attack, there's something bigger than you're, that you're building than a, just a chicken coop. My mom had cancer. My mom had heart valves replaced. My mom was on Coumadin for 30 years of her life, 20 or 30 years of her life. My mom, they, then, then another whiz doctor gave her uh, Lovenox on top of Coumadin, and she ended up bleeding two liters of blood into her abdomen cavity and ended up in the hospital. I don't know how many times I've walked in to the, see my mom and the first thing I go to is a hospital. And the first thing she says is, what are you doing here? I came to see my mom in the hospital. She lived with an alcoholic husband. She wore fat lips and black eyes to work. Nothing sexy about it. But she never gave up on God. And here we are. Why? Why was she going through all that? Because she was building in her descendants, in her children, and her grandchildren, and her great grandchildren ministry. Ministry that was going to see in one service a hundred thousand people get the Holy Ghost in one service, in one church service, a hundred thousand people. You've seen it. I showed you the video of it. Hundreds of thousands of people in Ethiopia getting the Holy Ghost. Amen. So the devil's fighting you. So if the devil's fighting you today, 
you're doing something right. If the devil's really, really after you, he's trying to stop something great that God's trying to do. Are you hearing me? If the devil's fighting you hard, he is trying to stop something in you that God is trying to put together. I face this opposition. And this, this is my experiment right here. This girl gets frustrated. Why am I still on 17 pills a day? How many? A day? 29 pills a day. Why am I still on 29 pills a day? You come on. You come walk with me now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't like it when I do this. Why am I still on 29 pills a day? I had heart surgery. I should be healing up. Why am I exhausted? Why am I fatigued? Why, why, why? And I say, first of all, the Lord brought you out here for healing. That's what the prophet said. And you know, when you preach, you say a miracle is instantaneous. But a healing is? Over time. Over time, a process. So in my love for Ginger, I say, enjoy the process. Because Ginger, used to be you walked around with 86% oxygen in your veins. Now you're 96 to 100 all the time. Huh? With 70% of lung function. Yeah. And it's up over 90 now. We went from, see, she didn't tell me that before. From 70% lung function to over 90% now. She couldn't, used to take an aspirin, a baby aspirin, because it would send her into an asthma attack, which they say now she never had, an, had, had asthma. So she's been taking Xeralto to thin her blood, and the doctor said, can you take an aspirin? And she said, no, I'm allergic to aspirin. He said, okay. So what does Ginger decide to do? Dr. Ginger here. Dr. Ginger. You've heard of Dr. Zhivago? This is Dr. Ginger. What is Dr. Ginger's? She said, is everybody going to be home tonight? Uh, yeah. Why? Because I'm going to take an aspirin. I just want to make sure that if I have an allergic reaction, somebody can take me to the hospital. I said, oh, my God. I said, no, I'm going out of town. I just got a phone call. I got to go to a hospital. No. She takes the aspirin. Doesn't do anything. Hey, next day or two, she takes another aspirin. She went to the doctor, Dr. Catholi, this week, the heart, the cardiologist here in Vandalia. She said, I think I don't need this Zeralto anymore. I can take an aspirin now. Guess what? She couldn't take an aspirin before. So now she's going from $50 a month down to $6 a year. Whoa. What is the Lord doing? I'm telling you, you're going to have to though get in your big boy boots and your big girl boots and you're going to have to fight. You're just going to have to fight. You're just going to have to not stop. You're not going to have to be able to slow down. You're not going to be able to do anything but just show up and say, here I am. God is working something in me. Somebody find me that scripture in 1 Corinthians or 2 Corinthians that says, I don't know what he is building in me. Amen. What the Lord is building in me far outweighs that eternal weight of glory. All the suffering I go through, all of the hurt I go through, all the pain I go through. But guess what? All of that's going to pale in comparison to that weight of glory when you walk in and hear him say, Well done, good and faithful servant. Come on in to the joys of the Lord now and forevermore. If you've been in the fight, come on. Come on up here and get a little recharge. If you've been in the fight, where you at? Come on. Come on. The Lord's doing something great in you, and the devil knows it, and the devil hates it. The devil's going to try to stop you, but the devil's a liar. The devil can't stop you. Come on, come close, come close. Come on, come on. Come on, I'm going to get up on here. Come on. Oh, let's sing it. Close your eyes, let's sing it. There's an army rising
Just dwell in his presence. Just linger in his presence just for a little longer, if you don't mind. If you can. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now I'm telling you, He's not going to put any more on you than that which you are able to bear. So whatever you're carrying, He has confidence that you have the ability to carry it. 
Amen. So, if you're really going through a fight, God's got some big things going on. All you've got to do is just stay faithful. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Don't start a mowing business. say that, I mean, don't start something. The devil will make you think that it's going to be a blessing, but then he has an ulterior motive to trip you up. Amen? Amen. Thank you for putting up with me today. It's my mom's fault. She